0: You can't change what you don't know. And I think this is one of the biggest causes of unhappiness that kind of feeling of just not feeling safe or happy in your own skin like there's something wrong but you just don't know what that kind of state of ambivalence which causes this kind of inner conflict we kind of turn on ourselves and we fight with ourselves and we beat ourselves up and then we try and run away and avoid and hide and suppress and all that kind of stuff so actually the knowing the understanding of what's going on behind the mask beneath the surface is power. It's empowerment. Mm -hmm. Hello, and welcome to Behind the Mother Mask. I'm your host, Annie Breen, registered nutritional therapist, master NLP practitioner, and transformational coach for exhausted mums who don't feel enough. My mission with this podcast is to lead with vulnerability, by starting to lift the psychological mask you wear each day that protects you and others from the stuff that's hard to explain and talk about. The hard truths, the ghosts in the walls, the stuff that consumes your head, a lot of which comes from our unconscious beliefs and unresolved trauma that maybe you're not even aware of, but feel the weight of daily. I believe it's this invisible mother load that drains you of your most precious energy and inner peace and makes you feel broken, not enough and unable to cope. And for me personally, it's about sharing from the middle, not just the open wounds or the healed scabs, but the messy middle. Let's go for honesty over perfection. And my hope is by doing this, it will give you the accountability and permission to get to know yourself better. Because when you know yourself, you gain the self-trust and confidence to be yourself, free of the mask that holds you stuck. And I'm so passionate about helping mums release patterns of unnecessary suffering and silence so that we can step into our power restore our energy and also so our kids don't suffer in silence they are always watching the vision that i hold for you with this podcast is to build a strong relationship with yourself and in doing so strengthen the bonds and connection that you have with your children and those closest to you the bigger vision is to create cultures within the home that are rooted in honesty, authenticity, courage, openness, and acceptance, no matter what. Because I believe when you transform yourself, you automatically transform your relationships and parenting by passing down wisdom, not wounds. So if you're up for that, you definitely don't need to do it alone. I'm here to lead you on what could be the greatest adventure of your life, behind the mother mask, back home, to yourself. Hello and welcome back. I think this is episode two. I mean, we can call it episode one. Let's call it episode one because the last one was merely an intro, a little bit of a snippet of the backstory, which I'm sure we will cover as we go through this journey together. How are you? I hope you're well. I'm okay. I had to go to the GP this morning, or to the nurse, to have some bloods done. Actually, that I'm uh, I requested to check out some hormones, and actually, it was very pleasant. <laughs> Not the blood bit, like I am. You just can't get blood out of me. I've had some really negative experiences. Um, with let's say the conventional medical model in the past and GP practices, GPs. Um, <laughs> so I already had all the stories in my head telling me that I was going to be judged, not listened to, bloody, blah, 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 blah. Um, which was not the case. It was not the case because I saw a lovely nurse and actually I was able to help her a little bit by giving her a resource of a friend of mine that specializes in PCOS Vivian, going to shout you out, Vivian Olred, um, because someone in her family was also suffering, and she wrote this resource down, and she said that she was really pleased she'd met me today. So, oh, the ego, <laughs> the stories we tell ourselves. So, actually, it was lovely to be able to have that impact, and I had my blood so I will go into that later, another time. So. Honestly, the the last episode I think I recorded is now, what, the 17th of March, 2022. That sounds weird. I've not said it like that before. Um, Must have recorded it over six weeks ago. And it's taken until now. Honestly, it's taken until now to record the next episode. I just want to be very clear on the reality of podcasting. And I'm sure other people don't (laughs) procrastinate in the style that I can, but the reason for that is for me, for you listening, this is so, so important. And yes, I do have issues around perfectionism. (laughs) I also have problems with my memory and my concentration, which I'm going to go into, but it's so, so important. The reason that I'm doing this is to help you prevent unnecessary suffering in silence behind the mother mask and in turn what that does is it stops our kids suffering in silence so the intention the why the driving force means a hell of a lot so And also, I have quite, uh, as we all do, we all do, um, a big story. You know, I've got a lot of problems, (laughs) which is why I'm so helpful to you, because I am adamant and dedicated and committed to understanding them and improving my health, improving my energy. I'm always wanting to learn and evolve and improve as life is also changing. So. quite a lot of elements to this. And that's why it took me some time to kind of go away and have a think about what, what the hell it is that I'm going to say. So what I want this episode to be about is awareness, because you can't change what you don't know. And I think this is one of the biggest causes of unhappiness, that kind of feeling of just not feeling safe or happy in your own skin, like there's something wrong, but you just don't know what, that kind of state of ambivalence, which causes this kind of inner conflict. We kind of turn on ourselves and we fight with ourselves and we beat ourselves up and then we try and run away and avoid and hide and suppress and all that kind of stuff. So actually the knowing the understanding of what's going on behind the mask, beneath the surface, is power. It's empowerment. And I did say that this podcast is all about leading with vulnerability. So a big part of that is me stepping up and leading with vulnerability and sharing some of my experiences, my stories. As a mum, as a person, also a practitioner, functional health practitioner, nutritional therapist, and NLP coach, And what I really want to say on that is this is my experience and I'm sharing it to share because I don't think there's enough of that. I don't think as mums, we have enough, whether we have them or create them or don't, opportunities to connect on a much deeper level that isn't just that social, hi, how are you? I'm fine. Like when you're fucking dying on the inside. You know, we don't have the opportunity to really sit around. I kind of think about it like when I used to go to the pub, you know, and you kind of put the world to rights. I probably didn't because I wasn't sober, but (laughs) I can't remember what the hell I did. But I didn't sit still. But what I mean is almost creating that invisible table where we can all come to that safe space, take the mask off and just be and not worry that we're going to say the wrong thing or say something silly or overshare. And I think that's so, so important. So I just want to reiterate that, that I'm here to share and that is it and take from it what what you want. And I'm here to inform and resonate, but I'm definitely not here to instruct you or tell you what To do or impose my approach or beliefs onto you. And I've mentioned before, I am a naturopath. I have a very holistic kind of approach. And this is innately within me. I feel very connected to what is natural in nature. And this is just who I am. It's part of my identity. It's what's worked and what is working in terms of health. And I find it a fascinating world. I just feel there's so many more tools available to us. And It's much more about that kind of inside out approach and accessing our own resources rather than kind of rather than placing our energy outside and relying on maybe more shorter term interventions, which can have their place. But, you know, I'm talking about my experiences in my life through my own lens and belief systems in terms of natural health. And with that, you know. It's quite expansive. I'm not just talking about our physical or emotional health, but also how we feel in our heart, in our spirit. So I mentioned in the last episode that 2021 was freaking hard. And it really was. And I want to go into that a little bit more detail. I want to talk about some of the things that I've been experiencing or suffering from. And what I've come to learn, the awareness piece, is what could be the driving force, what could be underneath that could be contributing to this, and then a little bit about what what I'm going to do about it. So last year, It was, I think it was August. I lost a very dear friend to me. I mean, he was a huge influence on my life. He was actually the reason I have leopard print on my website. And there's still a little bit of leopard print in there, even though recently I've changed my website amazing person and he also introduced me to the world of like punk and rock music and music in a way that I hadn't experienced before and that is still in my blood it's in my spirit I'm a big music fan I'm a festival goer when we can and gigs and I love my rock music I love my um house and techno as well I just love it so I don't think I really uh, appreciated or what's the word accepted that it felt very odd. He's my age. I'm 30. I'm not 38. I'm 39 now, but it's 38. It felt surreal and it still does. Although I do know I've gained a, a guide and an angel because I know he's there. i will talk about that another time. So that happened. And then I came down with the nasty virus of the current time and from for someone that hadn't been ill since 2019, so I'd had like colds and sniffles, but I had the flu significantly, the flu, where has that gone? <laughs> In 2019, and I was ill for three weeks, very depressed, down, um, inflamed, lethargic, horrible, but still tried to work and still did work and didn't really give myself the recovery as we tend not to very hard isn't it when you've got kids to actually rest and recover but I did have the time because Bonnie was at nursery at the time but I chose not to so anyway I powered on through but that took about three weeks and this was very similar apart from the loss of taste and smell and then the pain the kind of nerve pain in my hips that was different and this time we were on school summer holidays so this is the first time I have experienced summer holidays. And actually, it was only two weeks between Bonnie finishing and Bonnie starting school for the first time. So finishing nursery. But that that was long, it felt like a long time. Um, <laughs> so that was that. And at the time, what I was doing with my business is I'd started working with a coach or with this program that was very much focused on I guess call it high ticket but charging your value so that involved me kind of changing a little bit how I worked and putting my prices up considerably and there was kind of like a chain of events where I finished running my Energize Mother program for the third time, and I got to a point where I didn't have any clients, where I'd been quite busy in 2020, and I'd run the program, and that had kind of 2021 and started off Okay. And I was really struggling to follow the instructions or the guide from this kind of coaching program about how much we had to show up online, what we had to do, what we had to kind of where we had to place our energy type thing. It didn't feel fitting, but at the same time, some of it was brilliant, but some of it just didn't feel fitting. I couldn't sit in front of the computer. I was getting to the point where I just couldn't focus. I Nothing was like going in. I couldn't remember stuff and brain fog, fatigue, but worse than kind of I'd had before. And it was just really, really hard. And then I had no clients because I wasn't showing up, wasn't doing the marketing. I put my prices up, don't know if that was a thing. Um, All of these different kind of factors. And the joy, like the spirit had just been zapped out. And I started to really question myself. Compared to like the beginning of the year or end of last year where I was telling clients that I believe in them more than I believe in myself, you know, I absolutely believe in this method and this approach. I've seen it work so many times. I was starting to question myself because I wasn't having that connection. I wasn't having that engagement with people. And, um, you know, you start to tell yourself these stories. So I just, I couldn't focus. My brain was flitting from one thing to the next. And then actually I saw a friend of mine who had, we've been on, I've been on a podcast and she got a new podcast called ADHD and women's Wellbeing. Forgive me if that's wrong. And I read some of the stuff and I was like, oh my goodness, that's me. And now I'm classic for that, right? Dr. Google, even though I advise against it, or oh, I must have this because you do, don't you? When you don't feel right, you don't know what it is, you start to build stories, you start to look outside yourself and like grabby hands, reach for stuff. And it's normally diagnoses and labels and this kind of thing. So, yeah, so I, I thought that that's interesting. And then I'm very impulsive. <laughs> so I booked an assessment and I think I'm going to talk about that another time because that's an interesting process. But anyway, it came back. Yes, I have ADHD, inattentive, and the hyperactive. So both can't focus, can't sit still. (laughs) But the hyperactivity, and this is the thing which is very, very interesting. It shows up differently in women. And girls, I'm just going to talk about me because I haven't researched women, uh, sorry, ADHD and children a lot. So I just want to talk about, you know, in terms of me and where I'm at in my life. But the hyperactivity was more around the, the mental and emotional aspects. So hyperactive thoughts, not being able to switch off. How many, and I'm not proposing for one minute, if you're sitting and resonating with me, you think I've got ADHD, please, you know, I'm not saying that, but maybe you can relate to some of these symptoms or maybe there is something that you feel, Yeah, you know, I want to like explore that a bit more. But if we think about motherhood, and this is a real big fucking bugbear of mine, how often it, do we normalize or do we hear overwhelm? exhaustion, membrane, like not being able to focus or concentrate, being normalized. And I think it's dangerous and it's just wrong. It kind of is damaging. It covers, it masks, you know, what could actually be going on, a, a, a genuine kind of problem. And it is a genuine problem, you know, membrane it's awful and is exhaustion and is overwhelm. But Even me, who does this work, who works with mums, who looks beneath the surface, was telling myself, because overthinking is my natural state of mind, hence the hyperactive brain, that, oh, you just, you can't do what other people do. It's your fault. Like other people that are doing this program with um, their businesses, they can show up and do the work, but you can't. It's something wrong with you. So You start to think that, although there was a little voice and we always have to listen to that little voice, like on Elsa in Frozen 2, "Ah!" (laughs) that was saying, no, there must be another way. This is not right for you. So there was the real poor focus, poor memory. I'd almost become like finding Dory. (laughs) And the thing is like, that sounds funny, but I was forgetting all the good stuff. I was forgetting the good feedback I'd had. I was forgetting the compliments I'd been given. I was forgetting the testimonials. I was forgetting the good results as well as I was forgetting to look after myself. (laughs) I was forgetting that, oh yeah, a walk every day is really good for you, Annie. Being next to computers and too much electricity electromagnetic fields and kind of devices does not work for you Annie and um, connecting with your friends and having a laugh and listening to music is good for you you forget this stuff I forgot it it was like finding Dory and I'm going to talk about that later but it's being able to remind ourselves of what works for us and I that's what I did. I took a step back. It was almost like the universe had come and clouted me in the head and said, you need to take a step back and get some perspective here because it wasn't working and fair play for trying, you know? And another thing, I was not able to tolerate strong emotions. So I've kind of overanalyzed this quite a lot. I have a very sensitive nervous system and I am an empath. Like I feel people's pain. I feel people's energy. And this is going back to childhood, always a very empathic child. And this is really where, partly where the essence of Behind the Mother Mask has come from is I could sense the gap between how people showed up and what people said on the outside, but then how they were feeling. I can pick up on that and I still can. So if someone comes into my environment and they're suffering but they're not saying uh I can kind of pick up on that that's why I'm a little bit pokey stick and Dan probably fucking hates it because you're not okay tell me what's the matter (laughs) but anyway so this is interesting because I couldn't tolerate things like frustration so if you think about parenting and I had I have a five-year-old, she's nearly six now, but I felt I feel like that is a significant age, and because I couldn't tolerate these strong emotions, it was really hard to hold Bonnie's strong emotions. And what I noticed, and this was not new, a new finding, but they were tying in with my hormonal cycle. For a long time, I've had this cycle of two weeks on, two weeks off. So two weeks not good, two two weeks kind of bearable. So that really ties in with this PMDD type picture. And again, if you're thinking, oh, that's me, I get really bad PMS and my emotions are just like a roller coaster at certain times of the month, just before my period. I relate to that. There is a big difference between PMS and PMDD. And to be fair, I would not minimize either of them. If you are suffering, you are suffering and I would own that and not feel that you have to live with it, whatever it's called, fuck the label. But, um, this is deep despair. This is, this is, you go down a fucking horrible rabbit hole of really low emotion. And it seems to, from from my experience anyway, bring up a lot of unresolved vulnerabilities. So patterns of thinking that are not new, that might have been repeated, um, might be repeating themselves because they still need some attention. So I think there's a lot of messages. And, you know, what I think of our hormones is, The mind can distort stuff, right? The mind can tell us tricks and stories and make us believe something that isn't true. Your hormones tell the fucking truth and they hit you in the face with it. Can't ignore it. But it's easy, isn't it? When life is happening, there's so much going on around and you're trying to look after your kids, do the house, the career, all of this, that it's you don't know what it is you're not attuned to your cycle. You don't even know it could be related to your hormones or maybe you do, but you don't know how to fix it. So this is really interesting. It took me a while to realize that my hormonal cycle was related to my mood, honestly did. And then just this feeling of feeling quite untethered. So not safe, not having that anchor but having this huge sense of responsibility to be the anchor, to be the safe space for Bonnie. And then another thing that I kind of noticed is we mask emotions with tiredness and, you know, Bonnie, Bonnie, Bonnie's like me, right? She can pick up if I'm not right. What's the matter, mum? She can see like I can, she can see the the loss of congruence between how you're showing up and how you feel Uh, or just not being honest. And I would often turn around and say, I'm tired, but then we start to believe that, you know, and tiredness is another one of those words and symptoms and states that has been normalized. But when, when someone says they're tired, I take it really seriously because that's the soul. That's the spirit. That's a a tired spirit. That's our life force. So it's easier, isn't it? to say, oh, I'm tired, then I have a complicated hormonal fluctuation and overwhelm that, um, <laughs> that overwhelmed my overly sensitive nervous system that requires rigorous care, just like Gizmo the Gremlin from the 1984 classic, The Gremlins. And actually I did make Dan watch that. He would not seen it, can you believe it? Gremlins, to educate him on my hormonal, <laughs> my hormonal cycle and the interaction with my nervous system. And actually, and that's what it felt like. Not only was I feeling like finding Dory and I was forgetting all this stuff. It sounds a bit funny, but it really wasn't. I can laugh about it now because I feel a bit better finding Dory. But I was also trying to like treat myself like or manage myself like the gremlins. I couldn't eat after this time, couldn't get wet. Don't look at me like that don't eat that food, don't do that. It was very kind of rigorous, careful care that if I stepped out of line, shit would hit the fan and all the the bad gremlins would come out. (laughs) If you've not seen that film, I have not ruined it for you. Please do go and watch it. (laughs) And and then this kind of constant internal monologue in my head. So the way that I really simplify um, whether we call it ADHD or just, you know, having a hyperactive mind or not being able to focus, whatever we say, it's almost like you've got 10, 20 tabs open on your computer and everything is kind of flashing up at the same time. Or you're in a room with 100, 200 TVs and you have to try and focus on one and and for me how that actually looked in reality is I'd I'd wake up I'd get ready I'd I'd always spend like half an hour looking for my hairbrush even though it had a home and I would listen to one thing like a podcast and then that would um Trigger me to listen to something else. So they'd mention something. All right. So then I would go and listen to something else. And then I would go and read something. And then I go to my to do list. And then I would go to the fridge. And it was just this constant flitting, this scattered kind of mind. And actually, it wasn't that I wasn't enjoying what I was doing. I love my work. But it's almost like you're bringing everything to the table in one go. You're not just bringing the starter, then the main course, and the dessert in order. Everything would disordered. And this is why I find it hard to share my stories because I bring my whole life story to the tables. Like how the fuck am I going to fit that into one episode rather than just, okay, we're going to focus on this bit. <laughs> so I hope that makes sense. So I had this kind of constant internal monologue and, This is where I also find group chats really hard or group settings. I'm a real one-to-one type person, unless I'm at a gig or a festival watching Metallica, or I'm talking to a bunch of mums who resonate with what I'm saying in one of my breakthrough days. That's okay. But it feels like I'm having a group chat um, all the time in my head, or I'm having conversations with people that will never ever um, see the light of day outside of my fragile little mind. And then I think another thing that triggered this, ah oh no, this, it's always been there, but made it worse is COVID. And this kind of what I interpret as being psychological warfare, that a healthy person is being made to feel like they're a threat. Never in my history of existence, I know I'm not that old, have I experienced that where I've been through some horrendous things challenging interesting things in my life and where my health has been really poor and i have worked hard with support to turn that around and to now be made to feel and obviously this is personal saying so that anyone we are being made we're being told we're dangerous I have to stay in um does not fit with my beliefs around health and i think that was the big thing that what the decisions and the the instructions I hate instructions. I hate fucking rules. You know, I'm much more about empowering people about throwing out the rule book and finding your own way with support really from within, from intention, your why, what feels right. And what is to support and help and improve the lives of others. But it starts with you and what was being said by the government, what was being portrayed or conveyed by the, the media were vomiting, um, did not align with my beliefs around health and what I know to be true. And then I started to feel like isolated. Oh, okay. Maybe, um, maybe people don't like me because, you know, I follow a different path or I think differently. And then bear in mind, all this stuff was going on together. I didn't know I had the ADHD at the time, the PMDD. I was being fucking gremlin like once a month. I felt like I only had two weeks out of the month that I felt okay. This whole shite was going on in the external environment. I was worrying about Bonnie, wanting to do my best for her, and for her to have some kind of normal, you know, life and and time at school. And I was worrying that people wouldn't that didn't like me. And this kind of entrenched belief that I uncovered when I did my NLP master Prack, that speaking my truth was unsafe. Well. I'm here now. <laughs> and that was a lot. That was a lot to deal with. And I think here is where the over-mothering came in, the kind of worrying about the world, the state of the world, what's that going to look like for Bonnie, you know, all this stuff that's kind of out of my control and future paced in terms of stuff that hadn't happened. You know, they say anxiety is like a rocking chair. It gets you nowhere, but gives you something to do. And in my head, you know, I was turning into the mama bear on a daily basis with this overprotective mode. You know, we, we would set ourselves on fire. We would like catch a grenade I think that's a song isn't it by Bruno Mars um <laughs> you'd throw yourself in front of a bus for your kids but I think the truth is they they don't need us to set ourselves on fire or throw ourselves in front of a bus they just want our attention and that's why I was struggling with attention um but my head was somewhere else and I was thinking about all these kind of eventualities and stuff in, in my head so It was busy. There was a rich, complex inner world going on, friends. (laughs) And then this really kind of, yeah, I felt isolated, but I knew deep down it was connection that I was seeking and that that was the answer. That's what I crave. It's my top value um, connection. And it circles back to the ADHD and having this kind of hyperactive mind, but also the RDS, which is rejection dysphoria sensitivity. So where well, you can't really tolerate rejection. And I feel that on a very deep level. So if you're someone on one hand, and there's a lot of freaking paradoxes here, I don't know if you can relate to this, let me know where there's a lot of conflicts on one hand, I'm a rebel and I've, f- I follow my own truth and I go my own way and my intention is only good. On the other hand, I'm like, please like me, please love me. Don't reject me. And this shows up in, you know, this state of divisiveness that we're in now in the world where you've got these different camps. I hate that. Um, I love connection, open conversation and understanding and just coming together and learning from each other. but Also parenting when you're told to like, go away, I don't care about you, blah, blah, it cuts deep. And I think, yeah, one of the beliefs that, you know, health is not just the absence of disease. Health is so much more, so much more expansive, and really is rooted in nature, and our kind of natural evolution. We have not evolved to manage life the way that it is in this modern world. And that's what overwhelm is, right? When life is unfolding unfolding faster than what your nervous system is able to deal with. And what I also kind of felt is if we are going to raise healthy kids we need to allow ourselves to be seen to claim our space and to support ourselves from inside out and that's something that I really really believe be the model not the mirror you know model health happiness healthy relationships honesty you know it's not about perfection it's about showing your humanness and let them watch you okay so that's where I've been that that is a bit of an update i probably forgot loads, but we've got the dory, the gremlins, lack of focus, the isolation, the overwhelm, blah, 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 blah. That's awareness, right? (laughs) That's really good awareness. Start to have quite a good picture. And what I will tell you here is apart from the the pandemic, nothing's really new. And this is what I noticed working with mums through the pandemic as well, is the problems were not related to that their problems went back to traumatic experiences in childhood or unresolved stresses or how they felt about their self-worth or feeling out of control and not feeling enough it was very rare that we spoke about actually what was going on right now in the current time I mean we did we did but it's very very interesting and that's what I feel that sometimes outside forces happen that bring the unresolved stuff to the surface it takes a, I think it's Winston Churchill that says, never let a good crisis go to waste. I think it's true because that's where we learn the most sometimes. If we are able to look at it through this lens and have that kind of sense of perspective and awareness. Okay. So I just want to finish with some of the lessons. So we're on about half an hour now. So this might take me 10, 15 minutes, but I just want to finish with some of the lessons in terms of awareness that what I've what I've come to realize is I've learned these lessons, I'm aware of them, but I haven't embodied them. And this is kind of, I guess, the nature of the work that I do with the neuro-linguistic programming is, and the functional medicine that the mind and the body are not separate and we can logically, rationally, intelligently learn something with our mind, but it's how we actually embody that into the nervous system. So if my nervous system, if my emotional home is overwhelmed and my nervous system has learned to be on hypervigilance, Annie, there is a saber-tooth tiger around the corner, like every fucking corner in motherhood, isn't it? It's a safari bark. Or those gremlins are going to come out, then I'm never going to be able to fully relax. And I'm always going to be in this state. And this goes back a long way. This goes back decades to the early days of childhood, when some of those beliefs, values and behaviors were imprinted. And that's a story for another time, because it's a huge, huge chapter and part of my story. It's a huge influence. So it's really about okay, I've learned this, but I have fully embodied it. I haven't told the body what it feels. What does it feel like to feel joy, relaxation, groundedness, acceptance, calm, this state of kind of wholeness, safety. So we really need to be thinking about this as the long game and stuff, the little things that we do each day to teach the nervous system, to, you're all right. You're okay. I've got your back. So and, and I just want to say again, why this is so important for me. Yes, it's important for my business because I really want to help you. And I really want to help mums. And I want to stop mums suffering in silence, stop kids suffering in silence. But the two other big things, three, is my relationships, connection. With those close to me and friends, family and friends, I want to be able to build and foster really meaningful relationships where we can take the mask off, where I can be myself and not worry about what people are going to think and honor our differences and learn from each other. Brené Brown said, and I totally resonate with this, is you can never truly walk in someone else's shoes. The only way you will ever be able to learn about that person, how they feel is by listening to their story and believing them and I think that is huge especially the believing bit but no one does that anymore do they no one said that I come around for a coffee so tell me your story or what's led you to believe that what's led you to have that opinion I'm interested it's all weather and fucking Netflix which is fine but it's not fine say it's fine there's a place for that as well the small talk. I'm not very good at small talk at surface level stuff, but I think we need to be brave and courageous because we're teaching our kids to be brave and courageous and to be curious. Curiosity might have killed the cat, but it's the making of the mother. I posted that once on Instagram, didn't get many hits, but I thought it was good. So see all these lessons are coming out. I know this know this but it's really hard when you're stuck and overwhelm you're almost paralyzed by your thoughts to be able to access this so that's the first lesson I can't remember what it was another one is <laughs> finding Dory patterns of behavior now usually start or imprinted by beliefs values and modeling in childhood so This is so interesting. Something that I do is I keep a diary, keep a journal, and I started off by tracking my hormonal cycle, and I still do. So I know exactly what day I'm on. I know the patterns. I know the kind of seasons of how I feel at each point in my cycle. I know what the moon is doing because that has a huge power and influence as well. Uh, I know what foods that I need to kind of focus on, what exercise, what kind of connection I need, all this kind of stuff. I still forget, so I have to go back to my diary and my notes and my own little map that I've created for myself. But these patterns of behavior are not new. They are usually the safety behaviors, the places we go when we don't feel safe or coping mechanisms, you know, whether that's eating sugar or shouting or rage or fighting or drinking alcohol or mindlessly scrolling or shopping, whatever it is, it could be a particular way that you show up in your relationship or with your kids, are rooted in beliefs and values and modeling that happened earlier on. Something had to happen to make you believe a certain thing, which then changes your behavior. Behavior is a last thing to change. So for me, what tends to happen, and this is so interesting. This is another big part. Oh, 222 on the laptop, angel number. Another big part of my work is in certain situations, certain parts of me get activated. So listen to this, for example, when I was five, that was a huge age for me. And I remember, I remember sitting outside my parents' room. I don't know if they knew I did this or not. And I would almost listen to for validation that I wasn't good enough, that I was wrong. So I was basically trying to hear them say bad stuff about me so I could validate the the fact that I don't belong, that I'm not good enough, that I'm wrong, that I've done something wrong. When I go back on my timeline, it's kind of around that age. Fast forward to now, I have a five-year-old who, and back then I was a good girl. I was a good girl. I, I did kind of what I was told and I followed in my parents footsteps especially my mum, and I did all the horses and that kind of thing and I'm not saying that I didn't enjoy some of that but I was good you know that is a memory Bonnie you tell her to do something she didn't want to do absolutely not <laughs> so isn't it interesting and I actually did so I'll just quickly tell you this because it is it's really cool I when I did the master prep with the NLP, I went back to, um, I was trying to look at this belief that I think it was the one that I was not, or it wasn't safe to use my voice. So it wasn't good enough. It wasn't safe to use my voice. And it went back to that point in time when I was five. So I was looking for proof evidence that I wasn't good enough. Um, there was something wrong with me. I was bad. And that, I couldn't say it. It didn't, we weren't having the conversations. Again, the loss of congruence between how people were showing up and how they were feeling. There wasn't that open space to be able to be fully transparent and honest. And I went back and when I got to five-year-old me, and we do this through a kind of visualization technique, is I realized this is where the penny dropped that Bonnie is now five, and she is exhibiting she's showing all the qualities and traits that I did not have as my five-year-old self but have gone on this life journey to find you know since I was five and 39 now been on this quest to find who I am and be okay with that she's freaking sat there got it already you know and and what I mean by that is she even though she's a little five-year-old, she knows what she likes, what she doesn't. She has boundaries. She can say yes or no. She can turn stuff down. She can opt in to things. I was not like that. So that was quite groundbreaking to see that, that actually, yeah, okay, can't be doing everything wrong. Everything wrong, the modeling. Isn't that amazing? We'll talk about the timeline and, and that, again, like, and I've done it quite a few times in different ways. It's very fascinating. So, and I think another thing that I've just written here is that sometimes the care that you're given when you're little, doesn't meet the needs of your nervous system. So a child doesn't know whether it's a good child in a bad environment. And I think that's so, so important. It's not that your parents or those caregivers or those around you don't love you or aren't looking after you. It's that they're not necessarily your needs aren't being met in the way that you need them to be met we start to then internalize stuff, especially if you're anything like me, an empath, you feel everything, you pick up on these energies. And maybe there's transgenerational trauma where trauma is being inherited, passed down, whether that's through epigenetics or whether that's through behavior of the people around you, not knowing their worth, that you you absorb like a sponge and you feel this stuff. And maybe that you're not being given what you need in the capacity, in the way that you need it. And that is exactly it. And for me, my biggest desire in life is to be seen, to be myself and be seen and validated and understood. And that is a huge trigger when that doesn't happen in relationships, conversations with partner, Bonnie, friends. That is a trigger. And the basic fear for me is to not have an identity or any personal significance. So when we think about that, me and Dan have got this thing that we forget all the time, but when Bonnie comes in the room, we want to act like it's she's the best thing in the world. And we do have to remind ourselves of this, <laughs> but it's almost like you make those around you who are important to you feel significant. Like they matter by listening, by being open, by wanting to hear their story, by being happy when they walk in the room. And this is something that we try and practice. We don't, don't always get it right. And we don't always remember. <laughs> But when that doesn't happen, you start to think you're wrong. So we're gonna, I'm going to talk about trauma and transgenational trauma another time. But a good child doesn't know whether it's good in a bad environment or whether it's in a bad environment. So another lesson is we see things as we are, not as they are. So we view life through our own model of the world. We view life through our own lens, our belief systems, our values and our emotional state. In NLP, we believe that there's no such thing as a um, unresourceful person, just unresourceful states. And this is where we tend to get stuck in those big emotions. To be able to just be aware of that and be able to name the emotion, I think is absolutely huge. Words create worlds and be had to find the language to communicate and to say in a safe space like I feel like this I don't fully understand it but it feels pretty intense and I just need you to be there because you're my safe space it's huge isn't it we're not asking to be fixed and be told what to do but I think it's to understand when we're going around and we're seeing for me when I was in that kind of gremlin finding dory state is that i was viewing life through the lens of overwhelm i was seeing the worst i was questioning my myself my emotional home was overwhelmed so everything was being kind of viewed through those glasses So that's huge. So then we think about we see things as we are, then not as they are, we get to change ourselves, we get to um, look at ourselves and start to look at where we can update our values. Are our belief systems true? Are they outdated? Perhaps they served us once, but not anymore. Perhaps they're not even fucking ours and we've inherited them. Then my dear friend, he's not a friend, I don't know him, but I absolutely adore him. That's why I call him a friend. And I think I'd be too scared to have him on my podcast. But Dr. Gabor Maté, he said that ADHD is not an inherited brain disorder, but a physiological consequence to life in a particular environment, in a particular culture. He also said it's a compensation for childhood stress which i find very interesting and actually when i let it loose i really like it i like how crazy and wild and f- like quick minded that i can be but that happens in environments where i feel really safe where people i feel that people get me so here then the lesson here is to understand that the mind and the body are connected whether it's the symptoms that I've been talking about, maybe it's brain fog, maybe it is exhaustion, fatigue, anxiety, overthinking, overwhelm. The brain is there to protect the body. So, if you feel that you have something going on that is related to your cognition, your brain function, you cannot ignore the body. Like Bessel van der Kolk said, the body keeps the score. We store information in the body, in our cells, in our immune system, in our wiring, in our nervous system, and it learns. In our gut, the gut and the brain, it learns to keep us safe. And unfortunately, or fortunately, when we need it, it's it's rooted in survival. So Mark Hyman also said, but I thought this was great, is that the ADHD is a body disease that affects the brain. Very interesting. So here we're we're looking at wholeness. Wholeness equals healing. And that's another thing when we can understand that our physiology and psychology are interconnected. And actually, if we want to feel more energized, if we want to get rid of those kind of reoccurring, intrusive, draining thoughts, these patterns, we need to be able to look at the congruence between how we're living in congruence with our nervous system, our mind, body, heart and spirit, and of course, our environment. So wholeness equals healing and that's recognizing that we all have these parts of ourselves that are activated in certain situations. So for me, I touched on the inner child. So sometimes when I'm in situations with Bonnie, her five-year-old now can trigger my unhealed or unresolved five-year-old self and I can actually approach or engage with her from that place can you relate to this in terms of your partner do you both turn into children when you argue you know we tend to activate our inner child to protect us to defend our point that we are right Um, at some point that has been learned as a child. For me, it's the rebellious 20-year-old that comes out now and again. Often it's the nurturing mother, you know, making sure everyone else is taken care of. Not so often, which I have identified, is it the woman, the empowered woman who knows herself, who trusts herself, that can step up and come at things from that kind of deeper understanding but logical place. And that is something that I'm really working on. I'm a highly emotional person. And I do like it to a certain degree. I like that I'm that in tuned to people's feelings and emotions. But sometimes we need to be able to activate the part of ourselves that it's almost like the core of who we are, the woman, that we can bring the logic, the rationale and the emotion, and they can both coexist together. I think it's the woman that allows these polar kind of conflicting ideas ideas to come and sit around the table and be friends. And that's what this parts integration is through NLP is we think about all these different parts of ourselves are serving a role and a purpose, and they might be parts of your life at certain ages, actually as a team and bringing them together. Because most of the time, that child wants something, she's trying to get something for you. And it usually connects and aligns with what the other parts want as well. So I'm going to talk about that in more detail in another episode. Another thing that I've learned is work with someone. Don't try and unpick all this stuff on your own. I remember after having Bonnie and I didn't know what the fuck was going on. I worked with Reiki healers, energy healers, psychic mediums, functional medicine practitioners, not all together and not all, like it was on a budget back then. Um, talking therapists, all sorts of NLP all sorts of different people and each person offered a piece of my health puzzle to me they helped me find certain clues they helped me understand myself on a deeper level so that i could really start to work on some of those elements and just the the knowing was relief that i wasn't broken or permanently damaged and you know i learned that then so i'm trying to remind myself of that now and then understand your triggers understand the things that um, trigger these emotions that have to be in place for you to feel that way I think this is so so powerful and this is where just keeping a simple journal comes in certain points of your menstrual cycle what is the moon doing what foods have you eaten what environment are you in Who have you been around? How do they make you feel? Just get really clear, but also triggers. Get clear on your anchors. What are the things that ground you that make you feel good? Is it a certain song? Is it walking? Is it a certain person? Is it words of affirmation? You know, how someone can kind of show your love language to you. Is it acts of service? What is it that really anchors you into that kind of feeling? Yeah, I feel good. I feel safe in my own skin as well as the things that trigger you into that more vulnerability, that unsafety. And then a huge, huge, huge one is depletion, the power of food. Oh my goodness, the mums that I see and myself when we are depleted, when we're not sleeping, and our body is using up a lot of the information that we're putting in ourselves in the form of food, and we need more nutrients, we need to compensate for our levels of stress. Yes, we need to resolve the stress and the invisible mother load, but or or at least reduce it and understand it. But we also need to put in the information is going to make those pathways, those processes, work. And I think that very often we are over-challenged and under-resolved. We are depleted on the inside, and we have too much coming in on the outside, and that can overwhelm our nervous system. Just another thing there. I've talked a little bit. About PMDD and ADHD and overwhelm and that kind of thing. I am a functional medicine practitioner. I use functional medicine, I'm a nutritional therapist. So I've done a bunch of tests. I've looked at all of my amino acids, my um, neurotransmitters, my fats, my vitamins, my minerals, my hormones. And I've got that data now and I'm working with someone and I'm about two weeks into it and feeling so much better. And this is transformational. You know, this is, If this continues and how I'm feeling right now, this is amazing. It's night and day compared to how I was feeling because I tell you this now, the imbalances that have come back from those tests, it makes complete sense. No wonder I couldn't concentrate. No wonder that I was getting rage and anger. And no wonder that I couldn't remember stuff. No wonder I couldn't regulate my emotions or tolerate them. Goodness gracious. What I found out is incredible. And I'm going to do an episode where I'm going to interpret those results of what i found because it gives you a reason. It gives you some answers. And then. To understand that your identity is the greatest superpower and force of your nervous system. If you don't know who you are or where you've come from or understand yourself and how you work, how you function, understand your belief systems, your values, the imprinting, what's yours, what isn't, then you're never going to feel at home in your own skin. Because when you know yourself, And it's knowing these tools, even if you're still working on the process of embodying them, then that is powerful, It allows your nervous system to go, I can breathe. That's why identity is such a big part of my work and taking the mask off and getting to know who you really are, because it allows you to step forward and not be scared of being fully seen and heard. Health equals energy. I think energy is everything. And that's a whole bloody, probably 10 podcasts. Mm-hmm. But really, it boils down to energy. And we pick up on energy and we feel other people's energy. I certainly do. And I think it's felt within the home as well. And, you know, our children, we almost hold them in our nervous system, in our energy field, because we know when they're hungry, we feel their feels. And um, we internalize them, um, their rejection. <laughs> so I think understanding the energy is everything and understanding how we can improve the energy of the whole household, not just from a self point of view is huge. And then values, knowing your values, they have been massive values are batteries to your strategies. I know it sounds funny, but everything you do is in alignment with your values to do this podcast. I had to review my values. My values actually connection is number two now, but it's courage. It's having courage in what I don't know. It's having courage in speaking my truth and I can't control the outcome, how people are going to respond. You know, them in, uh, is it not a continental drift? One of the ice age ones where Buck, oh no, when they're going to collision course, when um, they need to get all the crystals and then fire it to d- redirect the meteorite that's coming towards earth and buck says we now know what we don't know how to do <laughs> and i think that's so true that you can have the awareness you don't have to have all the answers you don't have to have the how it's just having the awareness and being open to allowing people into your life who can guide you who can direct you and spending that time with yourself and being open to some of the questions more than answers asking really good questions, knowing the different elements that make up your energy puzzle and who you are. So this is, you know, the practical stuff that we can implement each day that when this all feels quite complicated and complex oh my god there's so many parts to this is that actually the foundations are usually the same it's getting clear on the identity piece around values where you've come from what's happened in the past what you've inherited beliefs emotional state but also looking at the more tangible things like what you are eating what are you putting in your body what how are you nourishing your gut health how are you supporting your hormones who are so good at telling you when something isn't right (laughs) and these can be broken down into these kind of mini missions as I call them the things that we commit to each day that we do for ourselves that we honor ourselves by and we show up for ourselves that just help bring a little bit more balance and energy and calm back into our lives and they are powerful I'm walking talking proof of this and I'm going to share what I'm doing in, a, in another episode and why it's so effective. And it's all come from the awareness of knowing what's going on inside my body. And just to finish that, if we can change our mindset towards there's no one size fits all and there's no one time quick fix, I think that this is a journey of self-discovery and it's ever evolving. If we think that one thing our kids do really well, it's grow. But what do we not honor so much? Our own growth. We're not just became a mother the day our kids were born. It takes time. We're understanding our emotions. You know, kids are here to turn upside down and destroy worlds <laughs> so that we can rebuild them in a way that is going to be more um, supportive of health for you know, to support the environment to make the world a better place. But it starts with us being honest and open and looking at the parts of ourselves that need a bit more TLC, where can we make improvements, because the love we give ourselves is the gift that we give our Children, you know, they don't just benefit from our love; they benefit from the love we give ourselves, and they're watching us. And I think this is so so important. It circles back to the whole reason of doing this: is that you don't deserve as a mother to suffer in silence. And on the other side of that mask is liberation, is freedom, is a whole load of opportunity. And by stepping into that power, and it doesn't have to be any. Thing grand and it's certainly not about perfection and we need to give ourselves permission to fuck it up but by stepping into that and allowing us to give us what we need to have the best energy possible we show our kids their potential and we also create safe spaces where they can come and talk to us where they can come and share whether that's talking drawing or however they communicate how they're feeling or maybe they just know they know it's safe to be them Okay. So there's loads of stuff I haven't covered, loads of stuff that I obviously have. I think there's about an hour. And I don't know what I'll be back with next week, That there will be something. Let me know, please, your feedback on this. Did you resonate? Is there something you want to know more of? And would you like to come on and have a chat? Because conversations are so much, they're easier for me. I know I'm quite good at talking to myself, but to have a conversation with someone, let's just have it out. Let's. If there's something that has been bothering you, something you happy to talk about to take the mask off. I promise you now you won't be alone. Let's have that conversation together. Brilliant. I hope you have a good week. I'll be back next week with another episode of Behind the Mother Mask. Take care.